This is Farah, and you're listening to the Beef for Bacchus podcast, where we talk about wine from the Levant, Eastern Mediterranean, and the Caucasus region. In this episode, I talked to Jennifer Masoud from Atibaya Winery. Atibaya is located in Batroun, the second largest wine region in Lebanon, coming right after the Bekaa Valley. Technically, we have about four wine regions in the country, but you can split the Bekaa into two between east and west. Atibaya being a very small production, small winery, small operation altogether in a small country faces a lot of challenges when it comes to entering the market, whether it's locally or internationally. What I talk about with Jen is how do you run something like that in the wine world and being relatively new at it. She made the transition from working for her family business, which was a distribution company under her family name. I had originally met up with Jennifer to discuss women in Lebanese wine for uh, research on my next wine class that I'll be giving soon, hopefully by next year. To give some context as to what's going on when I sit down at the winery, they've just wrapped up a training session and they're still clearing out the space and Jen and I just start talking. Yeah, uh, so my mom tells him, so like, why don't you buy this house? You're really passionate about wine. Just get the house and do your own winery. And my dad's like, really? And he had never like, you know, thought about like, it. he thought about it, but it's a big project, you know, yeah. and it's not... I mean, the wine, loving wine and drinking wine is very different than actually having a proper business of it. True. So he's like, yeah, okay, why not? And this is how they bought the house and the the project. So So you guys got it with the idea to make it into a winery from Nelesis. Nelesis. My dad was completely passionate about wine, like since a kid like he would save his pocket money when he was a kid just to buy wine wow and invite his friends like when he was how like, did that even happen i don't know just he is like a very like okay. he would go to restaurant he would travel for work you know, and go to restaurant save all his money and then go to a, like this known restaurant to buy his own bottle he's <laughs> really it's something and it's so it's, it's something that grew with time and that type of, so he's like okay let me do this and then he had a few friends from here from abroad that were like in the wine business and they're mm-hmm. like, okay, let's do this. And this is how it started, the initial project, yeah. And then how did you get involved? Was it just so I because was not you were here, around actually. it? Or? I was not here. Initially, when, when the idea like came up, I was in the U.S. I was, I started my career in banking. So. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> very Mahas. far from yeah. all of this. And, but I was always the one uh, like that really loved wine in the family from the kids I was like since I was 10 my dad's like taste this wine what do you think and I always had mm. this special like you know so I, I like this I don't like that he's always like I've been used to tasting wine since I was really 10 every time he opens a bottle I just get to taste it so I developed this love for wine as well he was grooming you from yeah. <laughs> I was telling my dad and when people ask me I'm like I was baptized in wine you know <laughs> my first picture with a glass of wine I'm like two years old seriously <laughs> <laughs> if you need like, more proof. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I think, but it, it was never something I thought of as a business. Mm. You know, for me, it was a passion, something I enjoy. And, and then when the idea came, I was still like I was in banking. Then I went. I was completely elsewhere. I did um, my masters in London. I did uh, after banking. I did corporate governance. And what I did is consulting and restructuring of companies and governance of some companies here in Lebanon. And one of them was the family business. And mm-hmm. so I ended up in the family business uh, distribution. Yeah. Big restructuration program, blah, blah, blah. And, and yeah, and at some point I'm like, okay, but you know what? I mean, 
it was like I love I, I was very happy at the distribution whatever I was doing because I was going from one project to the other like you know doing changes in the company the culture CSR programs so, and stuff uh, like that and then <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going to take a coffee coffee no no I'm fine thank you no, no I'm good thanks Mm-mm. no if you have a that's Hadi Hadi Kahale is Jen's husband Hadi also founded and managed another Batroun winery, Iksir, for 10 years. We will talk to him in a future episode, don't worry. What's happening here is Hadi's jumping in to tell us that he's going to go make some coffee and he wants to see if we want any, and then he realizes he's had way too much for the day. He'll pop in again later. And then one day I'm like, but you know what, there's like there's this thing and it's and it's amazing and it's yeah. there and and yeah, okay, my, my dad was like... He did the entire structure and it's perfect, but I mean, he was not, he's not going to, yeah. to manage it. Like it was, no, it was there. The wine was being produced, but like not much was being done. Okay. Okay. So we had muscle behind it, which is, you know, yeah. you had the distribution, but it's not enough, you know. It wasn't and my, being focused on maybe? or It, w- it wasn't really being focused on and no one was doing, yeah, this is perfect. And no one was really... Like, he was doing, he loves, like, receiving people and doing visits and stuff. But, you know, he need. I'm like, okay. And actually, it's something I really love. So I will do it on the side as well with the distribution business. Mm-hmm. So I went to Bordeaux. There was this, like, um, MBA program. But it's an MBA focused on wine. Okay. So everything you do is, like, a regular MBA, but all the case studies and everything okay. is based on, like, oh, the wine cool. industry. So it was, it was quite interesting. Yeah. So I did that program. It's a distance learning thing, so I didn't have to, li- uh, to live there. Oh, perfect. I, yeah. I, it was like you had two months um, a year where you had to be. One month was in Bordeaux. One was in, where was it, Sonoma, China. Oh, wow. Yeah. And one was in Adelaide, Australia. Okay. It was like getting to China as like an emerging market? They buy a lot of wine. So mm. it's more not for the production, but more for the trying to understand the consumer right. in China. Because According to an article on BeverageDaily.com, Imported wines are about 40% of the Chinese wine market. Along with that, there's also evidence that consumers are starting to be willing to spend more money on better quality wine rather than going for the cheaper options. This just goes to show the kind of potential there is in the Chinese market when it comes to smaller boutique wineries that might have a higher price tag. If you can answer the Chinese That's demand, a massive it's massive, alone, exactly. Yeah. So this is why it was China. And then I started like as a part-time thing just uh, running uh, with the winery the commercial mm-hmm. the marketing uh, going to international fairs having like more of branding we reworked on the label a bit and, and, and started to do a bit all of that but still I was still working with the family as right. well and and the other project was taking a lot of my time uh, as well I, I started the malt gallery you know the malt gallery yeah so this was my, my project as well okay like, uh, from scratch so and so the, the babies exactly the babies yeah and then and then two years ago I decided to abandon one of my babies which was the malt gallery <laughs> <laughs> the baby that Jen is talking about the malt gallery it's a retail space that the Masao distribution company owns and uses to launch new vintages or new labels new spirits that they've started to import and it also doubles as like a bar and tasting room and it's located within the heart of the city so that is something that Jen started and then, as she says, abandoned. <laughs> and really come here and just focus on doing Well, that. I mean, it's, it's grown up, so it's like you, exactly. you moved and out. I, and <laughs> I, have, I have good nannies. 
<laughs> no, yeah. there's like a really good team and a lot of people working for it. And this is different. This is really like ours and mm. the, the other like the many partners and this is just ours and I love the place, I love the region, I love the product of course and everything that comes with it. For me wine is not just like any other product. I'm not a big commercial person in general. Mm -hmm. So for me wine is more of like experiences about people about sharing right. like you know it's conviviality food it's it's all of it yeah. that, that really brought me to wine more than just having a product that is right. available that i need to say to sell because i have yeah. so many products no there's it. a whole other aspect of it that's exactly. quite enjoyable too so this, this is what i really love about it and then so i left the company what what was it two years ago oh no a year and a half ago but i we took six months sabbatical we traveled he left like next year and mm. with their thing and now we're back and working on a very like new project to develop it like i was telling you the restaurant you might have a few we used to have just one wine yeah which was a red the wine. red yeah um the idea is not to have like a chateau and a, a, like one two three uh -huh. like different no the, the idea is not to have that but to produce like one-off products, we have a Malbec. Oh, okay. So a Malbec. Like a special when, run. Yeah, when we have, we, there's a Syrah of, uh, I think it was 2013, that was really, really good, that we didn't blend into the Atibaya blend, so having like this exclusive okay. 200 bottles of this Syrah. Uh, we started the white, which is really popular, but we had very few bottles, so now it's producing a bit more of that. Does that make it harder as a production level, since it's like not a... Product? No, actually. It's a smaller batch kind of thing every time? It doesn't because it's not like we're planting just for that. It's just that we're it, You're and, working and with what it's you not get. every year. Yeah. So it's really when we find that there's something really special in what we produce that we want to keep aside. Okay. So it's already there. But so it's like we, an we ongoing, pick. Yeah. we'll see what happens this we'll year. We'll see what happens. We can have it in 2013 and not have it the, the next mm. one before 2019, you know? If anything, it might actually release pressure. Exactly. Because it's, 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 it's uh, fluid. Exactly. There's no yeah. pressure because you don't need to have it every year. It's when we and the Malbec, we planted it. Now it took a. We have a, a batch of I think uh, I have to see. I think in 2016, which is we can release now, mm -hmm. but it's gonna get better with time. So we're trying to play around. With yeah. It maybe get uh, yeah, we're trying new varietals as well. Maybe get a rosé because it's something okay. that works well. Because you have long summers. Yeah. yeah. So maybe have also, but really everything in tiny quantities really small quantities to try to really produce like qualitative products the idea is really not to be big we have we produce a thousand cases per year which mm. is nothing uh and the idea is not to get much bigger but to try and, and maintain the the quality and trying to, to and it's a great way to test like maybe something that you would stick with exactly so you kind of put your fingers in everything and then see what sticks exactly and it's hard yeah. trying to have fun you know it's mm. i mean have this flexibility and uh, trying to to enjoy and and try yeah. and try and error and this is how you learn and you try like today we were giving them like a wine just to see how what they think about mm. it and it's good to have the opinions of different people and trying to yeah and does having the distribution company like in parallel does it make things easier it, it does in a way that you know it's a small winery it's really small and the quantities are small if you were to do the the distribution ourselves so that we won't be maybe we would do a better job in entering like yeah. in, in, in other places than they do but uh, they're more in the market they know what's happening and so on but but the other the other side the flip side of it is um, I have so many brands yeah and it's so not many prioritized. big brands 
it's not prioritized. Yeah. And they have big brands that are much easier to sell than Atibaya. So uh, Ru Russian Standard and Cryvo and whatever, mm. it's so much easier to sell. And so they don't put that much effort right. behind it. So this is why it's, uh, it's a struggle. So yeah, you need to be there all the time. Yeah. So this is why we do activities like this. Like the sales team is, m m the majority of them, they're new. Try to get them to relate to the product, mm -hmm. to, to have like a certain, to understand how it's done. And, yeah. and like train them in wine. Train them, exactly. So what we did is we did train them in wine in general. Yeah. And then on Atibaya. Okay. So it's not like just Atibaya because everyone comes and they just present their brand. Yeah. But in, there's another, like, there's the whole concept of wine before. Maybe they don't know much about yeah. how it actually happens, you know. So we really gave them a history of wine. How does it happen? Wine production in Lebanon, the different regions in Lebanon. What's the difference between the Beka and Batroun? So it's yeah. really, it's, a, it's about wine education. And I think uh, this is what, what is needed. Is lacking in general. In yeah. general. Like what lacks actually is people who are open to to taste and try and, and to a variety like you go into a restaurant the boy with the client they want agave they want a Bordeaux Bourgogne they don't know what they're actually having mm. they don't really know and uh, what's the grape behind it or what's that or because it's Lebanese it's not good and so mm. it's all about I think there's a lot of education to be done uh, at the consumer level and the trade level mm. Have you ever felt that it's, as a woman, things are different in any way? No. Whether it's in the business aspect or it's in wine specifically? Honestly, no. I haven't felt like... I think at the beginning, there were much... Like, there were very few women in the thing. So it was like, oh, a woman. And it was like new and special uh -huh. and different. And then you would get a bit more attention and no, no, it's... Uh, but I think you were never, I, I was no, never treated differently. I think today it's quite open in that yeah. sense that I don't think it's it, it's considered as maybe if it, I was in sales or I was in another job, it's but it's not considered as a man's uh, thing or like. I think it also it's because it's family businesses and mm -hmm. stuff. It's like okay, you're still you're not like a woman, uh, you know. It's just like okay, the daughter of the, and it makes it easier. Okay, I think this plays a role as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, for example, Diana. Have you met Diana? Yeah. Yeah. So Diana is the only woman, uh, like winemaker, if you want. And uh, so actually, she's not the only woman winemaker or lady winemaker, as I like to call them. There are actually two other ladies that work as the winemakers behind the wineries, both named Hiba. But Diana is the first female winemaker in Lebanon, and she works at three different wineries in three different regions. She works at one in the north, one in the Bekaa Valley, and one in Pamdoun. I got to speak to Diana before talking to Jennifer, and I asked her a similar question, and this is what she had to say. What is good in Lebanon that all the wine business is kindly new, so they don't have an ideas already right. stuck in their minds from their grandfather and grand-grandfather. They respect a lot that your knowledge because they don't have right. a knowledge. In France, I had problems being a woman, but not in Lebanon. Because it was like but historically always a male yes, thing? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And because historically, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, they have their um, um, habitude, uh, mm -hmm. their way to do it. And when you come with your new ideas, yeah. they refuse to, you know, there is a yeah. bit, bit of, no, I, I don't want to work like this. I'm used to work like right. that, etc. But here, you don't have this uh, heritage, so it's new for them. But you know, you have to love this job because it's not so uh, easy. 
Lebanon right now is experiencing a revival of the wine industry. The country itself has been associated with wine for thousands of years, but only recently was there a massive boom in the opening of new wineries and new producers and new winemakers. According to Diana and Jennifer, because it's so new, there aren't specific roles that are associated to your gender. So it actually has worked in the favor of a lot of women because there isn't this expectation that this job is for a man. And as if being the lady winemaker of three different wineries across the country isn't enough to keep you busy all the time, as well as being a full-time mom, Diana happens to be a ballroom dancer just for fun. And I hear she's pretty good. Now there's a lot of women involved. Like almost every winery has, has like a, woman a top involved, dog which, which woman. Is, which is new. Yeah. This is like very recent, which is great. But yeah. Yeah. But it was something that like we didn't, I guess maybe people didn't stop to, to notice. To reflect on Yeah. That. Yeah. If you want to think about it, the, the idea of Atibaya really started with my mom. Too. So you can say that the, yeah. it's, it's a woman behind the, the initial yeah, yeah. idea, which, yeah. I'll tell you, my dad always says, because I mean, I always say like we and it was me and Jana and my dad so like we're a women's winery and then there's my dad the alpha <laughs> male, you know who just created the thing but then it's managed and run by two women and for him it's like he, he's like the palette of women is different and there's a certain sensitivity and for him it's important to have the women aspect in his wine they say that women are better tasters yeah, exactly yeah. and this is why for him it's super important I mean, he's happy having Jana as a winemaker he's happy having me doing the things with it because he likes the, the, the feminine touch to the mm-hmm. wine and for him, it's really important to have it. So this is from a male perspective, but mm. he always says that. So women do add a, a lot to to the wine industry in general, whether it's the taste, whether it's... You always have, like, the hospitality as well, you know. It's something very feminine. Innate. Like, uh, yeah. So I think it it does add a lot if you start to think about it in general, because I never stopped and thought about it, but I think they do. And, and, and yeah, it's good to actually have... Like this really, this diversity. What is it that you love the most about your wine in particular? As a product or as a job, as a winery? as a um, Both. Uh, like maybe what is the part of the job that is the most enjoyable? Um, what I love about it is, uh, this is what I was telling you, is wine in general for me. It's, it's not like I'm selling shampoo mm-hmm. or vodka. It's a product. It's an Uber product that has history. That has that it is varies all the time. That you have so much flexibility with that gathers people. That is conviviality. It's hospitality. It's all of it. I mean, gathering around a bottle of wine changes an entire experience for a gathering. Mm-hmm. And, and and for me, wine is not only about the taste and whatever. I think any bottle of wine could be a very good bottle depending on the setting and how you drink it and, and, and who you're drinking it with. Yeah, I agree. And so it's all about There's the entire all the other experience. external circumstances that can change things. Yeah. You so can have a great bottle, but if you're sitting by yourself and you've had a horrible day, it exactly. might not really hit you right. And, and and you will not enjoy it in the same way that you can get a really cheap bottle of wine and having it with friends and uh, over, I don't know, like a bonfire and just having a good laugh. And this is yeah. just amazing, you know? Yeah, everything has to play a role, I think. So it's everything that comes with it, uh, I mean, as a product and then as a as a lifestyle as well, as like being able, I mean, I'm, I can't wait to have this place like 
bit more vibrant and living and and uh, the, uh, have people around mm -hmm. and be able to share this with them and 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 to show whatever we're doing so when we get people when we we're able to share like our passion and our love and everything that's come with it and food for me is about also about sharing about sharing all all of this is something that i really like the region is something i love i mean if i can spend most of my days here and and be in nature i'm a much more a nature person than mm -hmm. so this is something that I love I try to spend was five, it always that way days. I've always loved like the, the the area and nature but it's something that keeps on growing mm. and uh, I mean now with Hadi we're trying if we can spend like four or five days a week here we try to do it for now like we came yesterday we're leaving on Wednesday and we're so happy you mm -hmm. know to be here uh, We had people, we had visits, we did some trainings in the regions. At the same time, we started to know a lot of people in the area. So you go, I mean, tomorrow, for example, we have a bonfire with a few friends mm -hmm. here. We were yesterday in Batruna, other friends like having so a sunset. It's more so it's, it's more homey. The area is much more laid back. Mm -hmm. uh, people are laid back. They just enjoy life. They take it much more simply. And this is what I love about the Batrun area and all the region. And, uh, and I feel like people help each other out as well and they I don't know it's like sort of a community mm. that, that there's something to, to good people good mood <laughs> really it's it's a lot about the lifestyle as well the area the the winery the conviviality the hospitality it's, it, I think it's it's a whole yeah and then I think coming up here you you've switched your mindset already that you're going to enter this different mood as soon as we by, get here it's and even your visitors you know like they're coming here like I'm leaving my shit at the door I need to just like exactly every time I get here, I just open it. Hey, <laughs> and 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 it can be my my family. We, there's always a bottle of wine at the table, so it's something that mm -hmm. we always enjoy sharing a bottle, discussing it. Like there will, there's always a part of dinner that is going to be about discussing the bottle of wine or whatever we're drinking. Or is I there a favorite, or is it? Yeah, does it's it change? too hard for us. Hey, we do, we love everything. We drink so much that it's hard to find. Like we get this question every day, Adi and uh -huh. I. What's your favorite wine? Like, No, no. That, that's. Uh, I mean, for me, it's impossible to answer. What's your favorite wine? I think it's weird if you have an answer. Yeah. Tell me my especially favorite whiskey. I can answer, but not wine. No, especially if you're if you're in it and yeah. you're like curious about it, then maybe you shouldn't have a favorite because yeah. the whole point is to try different ones. Exactly, and and it's how you drink it, where you drink it, and I think everyone has something to offer. And, yeah. Uh, And whether it's a Malbec from Argentina, or you're having a Bordeaux, or you're having a, a Lebanese wine, or you're trying for the first time, I don't know, like a wine that's done in Romania, there's always something to mm -hmm. it, you know? And, and, and Hadi and I, you know, we met at Vinifest. Oh, <laughs> we like met through around wine, and yeah. it was very funny. And when we started dating at first, I was, I think we used to do... Were you in wine at the time? I was, or no, like there was the winery, but I wasn't in wine mm, yet. Okay. And uh, Did he have some influence on that? No, 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 no. Actually, we met 10 years ago and we started dating five years later. So Okay. Yeah. But when we first started dating, uh, I think we used to go to dinner for a very long time and have two bottles, just okay. the two of us, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So it was like, okay, this is working. Yeah, this is working. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You'll fit in. <laughs> I remember when I was 15, but this is also just between you and I was very funny. My dad's like, Jennifer, get whoever you want as a husband. But I have two conditions. I'm like, why do you have conditions? And it's not your place to have conditions, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like, a shoe, but like, no, a religious preference or something. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, what? He's like, you cannot be a vegetarian. <laughs> And he needs to love wine. <laughs> 
Those are very good criteria in, like, in my opinion. You don't need to be telling because I'm not getting a vegetarian. The whole point is to eat and drink no with him. <laughs> but he knew Haji before I knew Haji, so. Um, can I? May I interrupt you? Yeah, sure. So it's almost like Hadi knew that we were just talking about him because he walks over and, and I learned that Atibaya is named after the town where Jen's parents met in Brazil. You know, you learn all these nice little stories about Betrun and the winery itself and the family and how they do everything. And I get to try grapes right off the branch and I'm just completely geeking out and asking as many questions as I can get in there. And then Jen and I head back to the couch and continue talking for a bit. Stay, should we leave? Should we stay in Lebanon? Should we leave? And then the decision to stay is, I mean, this was like on top of the, the list, you mm -hmm. know. And it's here, it's amazing. There's so much potential and so many things we can do with it. So many beautiful things. I mean, to reproduce this elsewhere is just not possible. Uh, and whatever. Do you have like a, a thing in mind that if you left, you would go do this, or it was just so no, it was, it was like, still at the, it was, uh, the stay or go stage? For him, it was wine. For me, it was uh, I, I studied nutrition, and then I went to coaching. There's something in in between health coaching, um, nutrition uh, coaching. Yeah, you know, something around that. Wait, as so well you study well. nutrition, coaching, but you went into banking. No, I studied business. Oh, I, uh, yeah, I missed something. I, I'm, a, I'm an eternal student. Okay. So I'm someone who always like needs to learn. I studied finance at AB. Okay. Then I did my MBA in wine. And then in parallel, I had a few like gut problems and gut issues. So I studied nutrition for myself. And then eventually when we traveled, and yeah. I did a lot of like work on myself. I worked with a coach. I worked with a lot of, you know, to get to to actually do my own decisions and to live according to what fulfills me personally not mm -hmm. according to expectations of anyone else right so i did that and then when i ended up myself I realized, oh, there's so much there there's so much i want to share with people so and i love this so actually what i do i do both okay and uh, i manage i divide my days during the week and uh, so you ended up going from split to one and then back to kind of splitting again yeah <laughs> but it's a good it's it's but it's more they what go, I mean both sides I, I are what you want to do though two, if you look at them technically they go much more hand in hand because it's like a distribution of alcohol right. and production right but actually it's not about like the business side of it but it's about what represents me more yeah and that's kind of a struggle you always have with a family business in a way is trying to find what you bring to the table yeah. like you as yourself and and if you're really doing it because you love it or just because it's there as well it's also if it really represents you or not if you can find yourself in it or not if you, if you find that it fulfills you in a certain way it fulfills certain values of yours or whatever it is and then yeah. you know it's also the way you see it and how you frame it and the perspective uh, I mean if you see yourself like I'm forced to do this then you're not really going to enjoy it but if you're like okay this can bring me this and this and this and that then you'll start enjoying it it's really how you look at it yeah so you, definitely a mindset yeah. and perspective exactly how you do it you know yeah, how yeah. much effort you put in it and where you want to see you want to see the positive or the negative mm. and how can you buy Lebanon as a whole makes less than 10 million bottles per year. That might sound like a big number, but in comparison to the other countries that make massive amounts, like Italy, which makes 4 billion a year, we barely make a blip on the radar when it comes to wine production globally. However, the number of wineries has skyrocketed in the last two decades. These wineries vary in size, and they also vary in how much they actually produce each year. 
But because there are so many new players, that means everybody's trying to differentiate. So the competition is fierce, but it's a really exciting time to be a winemaker in Lebanon. I think every time we go abroad, people are still shocked that we do produce wine. Oh, Lebanese wine. Like at all. Uh, yeah. Oh, you guys do wine? And those who know that you do wine, they just know Mizar. Mm-hmm. And it's really, oh yeah, Mizar. And oh, there's something else in Mizar in this world. And- Muzar or Chateau Muzar is probably the most well-known Lebanese winery abroad. At home, not so much. This is mainly because the second generation winemaker marketed Lebanese wine in the 70s during the Civil War and put Lebanon on the map as a winemaking country. But like I said, back at home, it's not really known as much and they don't get enough credit for what they did for Lebanon's wine industry. It's very small. It's a tiny, tiny, tiny market. So a lot of people have never heard about us. Because we have to export everything, because the way we produce wine, we still produce more expensive wines than what can be produced in mass-producing countries. When you're talking about Chile, you're talking about Portugal, you're talking about um, some Australian wines. And so we do, I mean, for those who don't know and start like, okay, wow, this is super expensive and it's just Lebanon. You know? and, and so it's hard to penetrate the international market, especially with those prices and the small quantities. But then I think that a lot of people are surprised when they, they actually take their time to taste and to... They're surprised by the quality and but what... Uh, I mean, we were here a few years ago. Today, with the increase of the wineries, everyone, the standards have gone up. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and this is what is amazing about having so many wineries because really people are putting more effort into producing qualitative wines. Yeah. People are just surprised to find this quality in, 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 in a very good sense, you know. What you can produce for $4 here is not the same than what you can produce elsewhere for $4. Because of all the costs. Yeah, to, all the costs that you have right. to incur. So even if you produce, you will have a lower quality than, you know. We will not be interested in producing um, lower quality wine or cheaper wines just to penetrate certain markets. The idea is really to do a wine that we are proud and that we enjoy drinking. Mm-hmm. We might, we, we'd rather have it in five countries than 20 but work well with those countries and keep yeah. our standards the same. Yeah. Because we've been asked before. Yeah. We'd rather like lose a lot of sales on Atibaya and the potential for this brand, but not compromise on the, the image of what we're trying to do. You've been in the wine world kind of all your life, whether you wanted to or not, uh, just by having it within the family and then distribution and everything. So how do you disconnect from it? By drinking wine. <laughs> <laughs> Disconnect from wine by drinking wine. <laughs> really? <laughs> I know it's a bit weird, but it does work. This wasn't the entire conversation we had that day. If you want to learn more about women in Lebanese wine, stay tuned for when I launched that class. I also offer history of Lebanese wine classes, and you can check those out on my website. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you have any recommendations or people you think I should talk to or wineries you want to know about, shoot me an email at info at beforebacchus.com. That's B-F-O-R-B-A-C-C-H-U-S dot com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and please share with your friends or just play it and crack open a bottle. Until next time, this is Farah signing off. Bye.